1: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Welcome back, America. Hugh Hewitt. Joined now by old friend Carl Rove. Hello, Carl. How are you? Good morning, sir. I want to begin by asking you to give Tony Fauci some advice. I like Dr. Fauci. He was on the show a couple of times just last week. But he keeps going on and telling people, in, a, in, a, in essence, that if you get vaccinated, it doesn't make a difference in your life. You still have to wear a mask in a restaurant. Is that not a mixed message, Carl? Shouldn't he just be telling people, go back to normal, get vaccinated, and have a life?
0: You know, look, I, I guess so. I, 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 I frankly, I've been vaccinated, so is my wife. But, I, but when I go into a restaurant, I wear a mask. And I'll tell you, the only reason I do that is I don't want people looking at me saying, do I need to keep away from that guy? Uh, You know, I want to be back to totally normal. I'm I'm living, you know, I live in Texas, so we mostly are back to normal. But um, I don't, you know, that's just a personal decision on my part. Uh,
1: Well, I wear it on the airplane and I wear it in the safe way and and I'm vaccinated too. And and I wear it on the way to sit down. Then I take it off and I I don't wear it outside. But I think think he's got to start emphasizing that your life does get a lot better when you're vaccinated. You just don't worry
0: as much. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, you know, we ought to be talking about how we're getting vaccinated because I'm finding like, you know, we, we, we had some um, damage during the snowmageddon uh, here in Texas because we don't build our houses uh, like they build them in Minnesota. And uh, and there are a lot of work crew around. And, uh, you know, they're, they're they're very good about coming in and saying, you know, they've got the mask on. And they say, and then Mr. Roe, I've got my mask on. I said, you know what? Don't worry. I'm, I'm vaccinated. Are you vaccinated? And so I've ended up talking to them. And, and frankly, they're looking for, some people are looking for confirmation, validation that they should go get vaccinated and, and nothing bad's going to happen. Well, didn't you feel sick, Mr. Robe? No, no, I didn't. I, you know, I felt a little uncomfortable for a day. But you know what? Go get your vaccination. That's why you won't get sick. And so you know, we've all got a responsibility to take care of ourselves and our friends and our families and those that we come in contact with. So yeah, I'm like you I wear my mask into the into the restaurant and then I take it off and I, and, and you'll notice I mean particularly here in Texas I mean people are eating outdoors and and, and, and I suspect a lot of them are still vaccinated but it's just you know, it's just a lot more comfortable to be doing it that way and not have people looking at you and thinking, are you or are you not vaccinated? are you or are you not taking uh, taking some care and concern about me? You see, and I think that's
1: a fine message. I just wish Dr. Fauci would get. Uh, he, he needs yeah. some messaging training. Now let's move to politics. Just had Glenn Youngkin on. I know you no longer live in Virginia. I do. I want him to be the GOP nominee. But this is the craziest damn system I've ever seen, the primary, oh. distributed primary. But is that done to frustrate Youngkin by party insiders, or is that just Virginia is living in the, in the 19th century?
0: Well, I don't know what it is, but I don't know what the rationale is, but it's a bad system. Make up your mind either have a convention or have a primary and when it became when the party couldn't get its act together to do a virtual convention, then it should have gone to a primary. It's in the hands of the state party executive committee and frankly i'm 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 a I'm a much bigger fan of doing a primary if they want to get back into the majority because they have to have the kind of activity that goes on in a primary. In a primary, you're trying to get out a large number of voters. You have a firehouse convention primary or whatever the heck they're calling this, and you're trying to get out the true ardent believers who come out each and every time for these kind of deals. And as a result, you're talking to a very much smaller crowd in a very insular way, and you do not allow yourself to get a broad message out and a bigger awareness of who you are and what you're all about. So yeah, I'm, you know, this just, we got it. Virginia is not a state that we can allow it to float away. And it and, need uh, not float away. Glenn Young is a float.
1: fine, fine candidate. There are normal people who can run in Virginia, center right people who could win. I just uh, what a what a half ass thing to do. Let me get to the, the split in the GOP, Carl Rope. Now, I don't want to overstate it. I believe there are some people who have monetized the split in the GOP. So the uh, the hard right. Really, 105 percent Trumpists versus the Never Trumpers—they have a monetary interest in keeping the party divided. I'm a McConnellist. I am in the middle. Do you think it's overstated or is it real?
0: Well, it's real, but it is also overstated because remember, our adversaries and uh, and and those who wish us uh, ill, our adversaries in the Democratic Party and those who wish us ill in the media are gonna are gonna jump on this each and every time. But look, it's natural when you've lost the White House to go through a period. A sort of mutual recrimination you want to keep it to a minimum and you want it to be constructive so rather than just simply calling each other names we ought to be focused on what is the agenda for a modern conservative party uh, as we as as we try and get our, our our sea legs back and we better get it back because because a victory the, the depth of our victory in 2022 depends on it and b more importantly what we do as a governing party as you know offering alternatives offering proposals offering an agenda, matters to the American people for 2024. And what we do in 2022 twenty two can't during the campaign and then in the months afterwards during the, the legislative session after that is going to matter a lot as to whether or not we get a second uh, term of the Biden-Harris administration, regardless of who's in charge of it, uh, or whether we get a Republican back in the White House.
1: And, and and when we talk about the Supreme Court and the federal courts, the most radical left-wing law professors are going to end up on the federal bench unless we get the Senate back. So I want to turn to the Senate. And I want to start with a controversial race, Carl Rove, Missouri. Now, I've had as my guests already Eric Greitens, Eric Schmidt, and Jason Love. I'll have the two uh, congresswomen from Missouri on if they declare. Uh, and I've also had on Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas, who's going to be a hell of a candidate for the Democrats. He's just going to be a hell of a candidate. If we dominate Eric Greitens, it is my conclusion after doing all this due diligence and reading everything, we're committing electoral suicide. Do you agree with me?
0: I agree. And I, I listened to your interview, which was very impressive. And you were uh, you fair. You were accurate. And he kept stepping in it. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, you ask him a simple question. Were, did you or did you not deploy with a SEAL team? And he couldn't give you an answer. And the answer is, no, he didn't. Now, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Exactly. No. Yeah, I mean, he could have said, you know what? No, I didn't deploy into combat with a, a SEAL team, but I was, as a SEAL, put in charge of a, you know, of an of a, an important effort with other smart people drawn from the different branches and different backgrounds to to conduct intelligence work to identify the bad guys so that the SEALs and others could go in and take them out. And it's I got blown up. He could have said that I got blown up working in this intelligence
1: operation, but he won't. I don't get
0: it. Well, because inside Eric Greitens, there's a view of Eric Greitens that is, I'm the Seal Warrior. I'm the guy that you're seeing, you know, dropping, in, dropping out of nowhere in the middle of the night and and kicking down doors and and blowing up bad guys. And he can't he can't deal with the fact that he's not that kind of a Seal. That's not what his record is. But but you know what? He served and he served honorably. And why he can't just admit the nature of his service is, I think, indicative of what you revealed in your interview, which is. That man is a deeply flawed individual. Anybody who breaks his marriage vows and conducts multiple affairs and has one with his hairdresser and ties her up in the basement of his own home and takes pictures of her, that's not a guy. That's not a winning message for Republicans. Now, is it
1: fair to call him a sex crime suspect because I believe that's what Democrats will call him? because the uh, Missouri legislature run by Republicans did an investigation, which is damning, and he would not respond to that investigation. He kept conflating it with the St. Louis prosecutor uh, badly botched investigation and with a a campaign finance investigation, because he doesn't want to deal with the investigation into the basement alleged assault.
0: Look, Look, if he can't give you a reasonable, convincing answer, He's not going to be able to give the voters of Missouri a reasonable and convincing answer. And, I mean, I I just listened to it. It was like watching a car crash occur over and over and over again. And you're right. The Democrats, fair or unfair, are going to take me apart. And the problem for him is, is that the people who did the best job of articulating the fundamentals that he has to face, the facts, are a Republican-dominated investigating committee of the legislature.
1: All right. I just think if they nominate him in Missouri— it's a doomed race. And that's absolutely that, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. We did that before with Todd Aiken in Missouri. Let's go to Ohio. Now, Ohio is a dog pile and they're all great people. I just had on Steve Stivers. I've had on uh, uh, the uh, uh, Josh Mandel. I've had on Jane Timken. I've had on J.D. Vance. And there are probably more. I might go back and run.
0: What the hell? Everybody's running. What what do you think needs to happen in Ohio? Well, first of all, they, they, we need to encourage every one of those candidates to put their uh, focus on what it is they would do, and what is their agenda, and how will they serve the people of Ohio and advance the conservative agenda. Not on trashing each other. And in fact, if one of them goes out there and starts to trash another one of the people in the in the in the uh, in the, uh, in, the uh, in the race, we we ought to we ought to all sort of say there's a political price to be paid for you running a negative campaign. So put the emphasis on what you want to achieve and how you're you're advancing you would advance the cause uh, and because look at the end of the day yeah the democrats may have or may not have a good candidate but i think the only way we lose this is if we bl- bloody each other up and bleed out in front of the voters of ohio so you know let's not let's not give them points for taking each other down in some sort of you know wrestling uh, mania thing let's 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 encourage say we're going we're going to send money to and encourage uh, and, and give encouragement to candidates who are able to articulate a positive and optimistic agenda for what conservative agenda for what they would do for America. What's their what, what do they think our challenges are? What do they think we ought to do about them? What do they think conservatives ought to rally around and let that that be the, the standard by which we judge
1: now, Carl Rove, we don't have much time, but I want to cover Chris Sununu in New Hampshire, Herschel Walker in Georgia, and whether or not Doug Ducey runs in Arizona. What do you have to say about those three races and whether or not other people are on your radar in those three states?
0: Yeah, well, first of all, Chris Sununu has been a fabulous governor of the state of New Hampshire, and I hope he runs. I think he would bring a leadership and a temperament in uh, to the United States Senate that would be not only good for New Hampshire, but good for the country. Uh, same for Doug Ducey. He has been a superb governor of the state. And I think that, that he has been the kind of, you know, pragmatic, conservative leader who can draw together the the fractured Republican Party in that state. Remember, I mean, this guy has won twice by, by high, you know, high, high big numbers. margins, big numbers in a state that's a battleground state. So I hope he runs. Herschel Walker, actually, he, you know, I have enormous respect for him. He's my fellow Texan. Uh, and, and despite <laughs> the fact that that he he you know has played such a formidable role for Georgia in his college years, I, I think we, we're likely to to find that there's going to be some resistance from people saying, "Well, you lived in Texas for the, the, for many 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 years, and now you're moving back here to run for the Senate." So I, I, I think we, we, there's a young banker uh, in the state who's a University of Georgia grad who's being talked about. I wouldn't necessarily uh, rule out David Perdue. I think David Perdue. Uh, though he's reluctant to run again, I think, I think he's, a, he's a fighter, and I think a lot of people would like to see him reenter the contest. But we've got oh. to win. We've got to, those, you, 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 those are three of the four states, the other one being Nevada, where we have to have good candidates on the Republican side if we're going to pick up any seats because we've got, remember, we're going to have Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina. Three of those are open seats. We've got to win them. And one of them could be an open seat, Wisconsin. And we can't afford to lose a single one of those. We and we cannot throw boys, away right?
1: Missouri. We cannot throw away Missouri. <laughs> <That's>... and, <laughs> but...
0: The Greidens, the Gritens interview, and anybody who's got a doubt ought to uh, go online and, and pull up your interview with them and listen to it with an open mind, as I did. And, boy, it's devastating. And the problem is not your questions. The problem is his his evasiveness and giving you an
1: answer. You'll be surprised he won't come back, Carl. You'll be surprised. He, I've offered he will not return, so I, I don't know if we're going to get him back again. Carl Rove, great to talk to you. Follow him on Twitter, Carl Rove the Architect. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy.